Welcome back to The Gavel and the Gavel. It's me, Harry. Simon is still away on his summer sojourn. We are going to be back next week uh, with a special episode uh, with Matt Ball, editor of the ATG, the Antiques Trade Gazette. That's been recorded this week, I believe. And uh, we're very much looking forward to catching up with uh, Matt, who's been on the uh, pod before, as the regular listeners will know. And we'll be hearing what's going on with the ATG. He's got some uh, stats and uh, interesting uh, bits and pieces about the antiques market. So do join us. This week, Big D, producer David, has chosen episodes from Izzy Murtar, the fabulous Izzy, who uh, set up a consultancy with her sister. Uh, we're very much looking to check in back with them uh, later in the year to see how, th- or how all things are going. But if you follow them on social media, you'll see they have been so busy and so successful. Matt Dixon, who impressed us so much with his fantastic uh, business, Tall Boy Interiors, and everything he gets up to. Simon and I felt like real underachievers, if you remember that episode. And also, a little bit of revenge, just because I like hearing it. Uh, Simon... Uh, doing an eating challenge where members of his team genuinely thought we might have killed him, making him eat a very, very hot tortilla chip. Well, Matt, we are delighted that you're on the podcast, but we've also got to take a little bit of a step back because Harry, as we know, is a big fan of yours. Big fan of yours, has been trying to get you on the podcast for a few months. And when let, let, tell everybody about when you received the messages saying, <laughs> please, please, please come on the podcast. You were a bit busy at the I time? I was slightly busy. What were you doing, Matt? Can't believe this is coming up. It was, it was only, only, only my wedding day. Wedding day. <laughs> Your wedding it's day. Right. I saw it coming, but I thought I'd best not reply. I might not be the best start to a, a relationship with my wife. So uh... I'm thinking Mrs. Matt, probably a little bit cross <laughs> if you start responding. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it, frankly, that I came second to his new wife. I'm yeah, I was, uh, yeah, sorry about that, Harry. Do apologize. <laughs> in, in the spirit of making amends then, Matt, how did it go? It was perfect, thank you. Yeah, very, very nice. Uh, weather was on our side, even in Yorkshire, so uh, can't beat that. Brilliant. Uh, family came from the south, which was great to see them. It'd been a while, so that was brilliant. And uh, full, of, full of laughs, even the uh, service, the registrar decided to talk to my wife, and she says, right, do you take Matt to be your lovely wedded wife? which uh, broke the ice nicely. <laughs> so uh, I was like, yeah, we've got to check in 2022, haven't you? It's so, an inclusive uh, wedding, right? Absolutely. Everyone's, everyone's, everyone's invited. Anyone, anyone, anybody can come, you know. So uh, best to be safe. Fantastic. And, and then a bit of a honeymoon? Yes, Santorini in Greece. So uh, while you guys were drowning over here, I was uh, sunning it up in 32 degree uh, Greece weather, so I can only apologise for those that witnessed that on Instagram. Um, but it was, it was, yeah, it was perfect. Brilliant. I'm and, not you so know, sure he's apologising, no, Simon. I really don't. I'm not so sure. Just out of interest, though, Matt, much correspondence from Harry whilst on the honeymoon, or did he give you a bit of a rest? Uh, no, a couple of messages came out just to see <laughs> how I was doing. <laughs> Just make sure I made the right choice with my wife, I think. I think you might need to get some kind of restraining order, man. This is what... I might need to get some sort of therapy. Some some sort of therapy and a restraint. Anyway, lovely. Um, Listen, Matt, the interesting thing for us old duffers as well is the massive focus on the social media aspects. So, yes, you're dealing in antiques. Yes, you're dealing in interiors, the same as Harry and I. But the social media element is huge for you, isn't it? Tell us about that. It is. It's the biggest part of the business. And Instagram has changed a lot over the recent years, uh, not for the better, unfortunately. But when it first started and when I first started, Instagram 
was the only social site I truly used. And it was a, it was a way for me of connecting with designers and private clients up and down the country, you know, abroad as well, into the US and uh, into Europe. And without that, I don't think I would have been able to do it in the same way. You know, it was so powerful. Um, in the name, Insta, in Instagram, everything's instant. You post a picture, immediately people could like it, comment on it and share it. And I genuinely don't think I'd be here on this podcast without social media. I don't think you'd have heard of Tallboy and Series uh, without Really? It. So, it's been that integral in your business? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're used to the phase and, you know, we tried everything when we first started just to make sure, again, we're covering everything and make sure we don't leave anything out. But nothing got more, you know, traction like Instagram. And uh, it just takes a few sort of key people to share your name and, and support you and say, this is the guy you should be looking at. And, you know, though their followers started showing interest and, it, it built and built from that. Yeah. Nice. So what's your what's your mix then of, you talk about websites, uh, you've obviously got your own website, which I looked at uh, today, which is fantastic, by the way, it looks, it looks amazing. And there's some amazing, some beautiful stuff on there as well. Recommend anybody to go and have a look at the Tallboy uh, Interiors website. Uh, some great items on there, fascinating to look through. So what's, what's your sort of mix of socials, websites? Um, and, and is it... Did, do you sell exclusively through the website or do you sell through Instagram or is Instagram the linking up with people and the website is the set? How does it all work? It's all a mission of everything, which is a very, it's sort of, this is why I would say to people, you should be on as many platforms as you can be because you never know where something's going to come from. And the antiques market is a massive market. You know, I say it's an international market where people look at certain things. So I'm on a whole host of different sort of antique collective sites um, where you're, you're one of maybe a hundred dealers who showcase your pieces there. But for example, international uh, designers and trades will always go to those first, probably over Instagram and certainly over my website. Uh, they'll then make a little note of who they've spoken to before, who they've bought well from, and then they'll hopefully come back to see me direct. And that's usually the better way of dealing with me because prices can be better done direct. Uh, Instagram is definitely more so now a thoroughfare to the website. So people will go to Instagram, see what we do, like what we do, hopefully, and then they'll go and find a website, have a proper sit down, get, get a brew and have a, a good browse over over what we've got in stock. And then, yeah, they either come to me direct for a best price, because at the end of the day, most people like a deal. Um, or they, they do like the price, they do like the item, they will can buy direct off the website. But um, that is my little sort of collective of things that I do. So all online, though, and the shop, obviously, is, is the only, only physical thing I do now is the showroom in Malta. Talk about um, some of the things that you have bought and sold over the last few years. Can you give us a sense of uh, any of the great things that you've bought and sold that have done really well for you? Uh, maybe one of the sort of not so great where, you know, you, you, you Simon likes to know where people's biggest ricket is. Yeah, biggest ricket. Like... Yeah, we drop enough rickets and share them on this podcast. We want other people to do the same if you would, because it will really help us out. Sure. I mean, genuinely though, I don't have too many mistakes, which is a very damn it. I know, oh, I know, on, hold I know. On a minute. I'm sure I can think of one. I know I picked him up, but he's now no, going no, to annoy no. me. There, <laughs> no, I don't. I do, I do have a few, but uh, if we're the ball souls, I can't say too much. You guess someone listens to it, they own that piece. Now, Joe, it's um, the biggest mistakes I've made have actually when I've tried to do something really different. So if I bought, like, so I go, why is no one buying that? I'll buy that. It's great, and, and obviously there's a reason why no one's buying it. It doesn't work. Now, an example of that was. Um, a large funerary gondola board. Um, now, this thing is amazing. Now, if you'd asked me two, three years ago, did I regret buying it? I'd say no, never. It was so good. I had to have it. 
three years on, uh, I, I could, you know, I, I, I wouldn't buy it again. Um, it has <laughs> so sold. You, you mean three years on, sold. you still got it? <laughs> no, no, I had it for about three years at the time, but uh, it, it has now sold and has been sold for a few months, so it's, it's okay. But uh, it was a beautiful thing. It basically was an 18th century, uh, originally hand-painted gondola board. It had been cut down the middle, so it was a really awkward thing. Plus, it was a gondola size. So to hang that on a wall, oh, wow. um, you, need the, uh, you need the space. And I just, I love, I, Heart Overhead bought that, and I paid a lot of money for it. And I need a lot of money from it to, to, make, uh, to make a profit. But, um, you know, I made enough on it in the end. It just took a fair bit of time to sell. Got offered a thing today, uh, which I would if I had bought, I reckon that would have been a mistake, um, to be honest. It's a big uh, zinc window that had been turned into a mirror. But the depth of the thing was close to a metre. So the size of it didn't really matter, but the depth from off the wall to the front of the mirror was nearly a meter. Now I don't a know meter. Many, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know who how people have rooms with uh, that amount of sort of depth off the wall without potentially clotheslining somebody. Um, but that was like <laughs> I, it was so impressive. I nearly went, oh yeah, I'll have that. That'd be great. And I thought, no, 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 Matt, no, stop away. it. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're the sort of, it's, it's always been pieces that I just love. I thought, it's, and again, I suppose they say the same. When you fall in love with something, you'll buy it without really thinking about all the uh, intricacies of selling the thing. Yeah, um, the head, the head and the heart scenario, mm. the head and the heart conundrum is quite a challenge, isn't it? Particularly uh, in the early days when you just you just want to have beautiful things around you. We've done exactly. this in auction houses, you know, where we just want to have a beautiful looking auction. Yeah, it doesn't quite pay the electricity if you go no, that route. Exactly. <laughs> and, this today. Like, and this is the thing. This is when, as was even before Tallboy and Sears, when I was just dabbling in, in anything that I could find, I found one of those old national cash registers. Beautiful yes. piece of, uh, of sort of craftsmanship, and you wouldn't ever get anything made of that today. And it was only 300 quid. And I thought, well, that's great. I'll buy that. Yeah, off, on, an, on an online auction without seeing it. Went to pick it up on my own. No chance. Absolutely weighed a ton. Uh, I didn't have a van at the time. I was borrowing my mum and dad's for before, which I was great, grateful to be using. But even that was was riding very low on the uh, on the way home. <laughs> so, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they're all in the past now, thankfully. And more recently, I stick to safer things like seating, which I know I can do well with and artwork and mirrors, all the, all the slightly easier stuff to, to move on that's also very beautiful. I must tell you, I must, I must tell you about an appointment that I've got coming up next week, which slightly baffling to say the least. So everybody knows we do house clearances. Joanna this week um, fielded a call. You know, when you're sort of half listening in because we're all in a sort of open plan office and you're thinking, this call's not going particularly well. This is not really. And eventually, poor Joanna gave up and said, would you, I'll, I'll just hand you over to the auction. I'll hand you over. I said, and she put him on pause, uh, put on mute, I should say, and said, can you have a chat? This guy wants a clue. I don't quite understand where he's coming from. It doesn't seem. I said, no problem. Let me have a chat with him. So I had a chat with him. I said, hello, hello sir. Can, how can we help? You're looking for a clearance. Yes, I'm looking for a clearance. Okay. Um, whereabouts are you? He told me where he was. And are we looking at a whole clearance? He said, yes, we're looking at a, an entire clearance um, of my house. Whose house, sir? My house. Oh, I see. Uh, are you moving, downsizing? No, 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 no. When I'm dead, I want you to clear this house. I said, I beg your pardon? You're Sorry. This is a house clearance for you once you're dead. He went, that's right. I want to plan my own house clearance. And this is where he said, so that my family don't throw away the good stuff. Right. 
So I have literally been booked in to meet the guy that's going to be the deceased when we clear his house. I'm thinking that's not right. I'm all for a bit of planning. I'm all for a war chart. I'm all for a bit of... Um, <laughs> but I mean, he, no, hang on a minute. It, but we're not suggesting, we're not being morbid. He hasn't said, you know, and I've got... I'm. I'm, it's terminal no. that I'm going to be dead by Christmas of this year. No. He's just no, he's... literally pre-planning. No, no, no. He literally, I said to, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm so intrigued so by I this li- listener. I've really gone through my screen then. Sorry. I li- so I asked and said, I don't quite, because we can't plan. I said, why are we doing this? And he said, well, there was a house up the road and a house clearance company went in there and I simply didn't like the way that they uh, that they dealt with everything. I simply didn't like the way the house is cleared. I'm not going to have that. So uh, I am going to discuss with you how this house clearance is going to go ahead when it goes ahead. And it would I'll be, you know, I'll be happy to know that it's being done to my specification. So basically you're going to be in this guy's will. He's going to have to leave legal instruction that you're clearing his house. Yeah, or instruction with his, yeah, with his solicitor or whatever the executors. Yeah, how about that? I've never, I've never, I've never heard of that before. It's not often we get to meet the the deceased. I think it's a service we should offer. It's very much a long term strategy, though. I saw a house today. Talk about collecting. I went to a house today where there's a gentleman I would suggest in his mid-50s who collects Lego. Hmm. And he talks about putting Lego down. As in, you know, like people like a say, dog. oh, I bought a case of wine. No, I bought a case of wine and I put it down for the future or laid it up. Right. Or laid, you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? And that's how, And I said, oh, what? how do you mean? He said, well, I buy one set to make and one set because he said i'm in, in a happy position i've got a few pounds in the bank and one set which i put down and then i wait five or six years then that set it will have been discontinued it will have trebled trebled in trebled in value so that set easily pays for the set i bought and made and put on display and i have a hundred sets that have never seen daylight he says they're put into boxes and made um airtight in their original wrappers and he said other people do it with wine and port and all this sort of stuff i do it with lego i was like wow okay but that's what he does that's his investment strategy right before uh, uh before christmas windsor had an auction um and we had a couple of lots that we were going to talk about so lot 81 was um, a brooch, which was the owl and the pussycat brooch. Now, this is a very pretty brooch. Uh, the owl and the pussycat had gemstone eyes and it was a sweet thing. And I think we had five to seven hundred on it or four to six hundred, something like that. Did you, heck, tell the truth. Tell the truth. You can't <laughs> lie to our listener. That's dreadful. <laughs> How much did you put on it, Harry? Uh, a couple hundred quid. A <laughs> couple of hundred pounds. I Unbelievable. Think. Uh, dear listener, I will protect you from the absolute hogwash. Okay, I'm looking at the lot now, and the estimate says 180 to 220 pounds. Would you? You may continue, Mr. Harry. And it's all for 900 pounds. 900 pounds. 900 pounds. Clients very happy, and new owner very happy, and travelled many, many miles to come and collect it. So that was good news. That was that was, and it was a great thing. But good, good fun on the rostrum. What? Did, yeah, it was the reason why we're highlighting this sale, not just these items, is that we did this auction five or six days before Christmas, 
And we were thinking, do you know what? The market's not going to be busy, blah, 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 blah. Had a fantastic day, didn't we? And we both Brilliant. had sales that finished just after Christmas and they were really busy. So what we're advocating is the fact that the market, if you've got good quality, it will always find the buyers. Doesn't matter what time of year. Um, and auction houses across the country are the way to go um, with expanding the market and getting it out there. So yeah, give that a go. Um, so there's lots of us out there. Uh, lot number 81 is a three-colour colour brooch of the Owl and the Pussycat by A&W. The Owl has emerald eyes, the cat has ruby eyes. Start the bidding at £200, please. £200 would bid. £200 I have and I'm looking for £210. £210, 220 230 takes out online commissions. New bidders in at 240 250 260 270 280 at 280 290 Looking for 320, we're bid 320, 340 now. At 340 pounds, 360. 380. At £380, £400 we're looking for. £420, £420, £440, £460, at £460, £480, £500, at £500, £550, £600. 600 we have, 650 is bid, 700, 750 we're looking for, 700 is the bid, 750 now, 800, at 800 and we're looking for 850, the owl and the pussycat, at 800 pounds, looking for 850, 850, 900 at 900 pounds looking for 950 fair warning to you all at 900 pounds we are selling Simon and I auctioneer simultaneously on the rostrum we are unique we believe in the way we do this and we chit chat don't eat it yet and we chit chat and then we auctioneer at the same time. And so we eat jelly babies and people laugh and they talk to us about rustling bags and bias jelly babies by the ton. We keep we getting uh, presses. So our Australian listeners, of which we have a few, were upset by this. Love them. And said, we've got sweets that are better <laughs> than those. So these are made by a company called Allen's Lollies. Allen's Lollies. They know we're doing this because they've contacted us through social media. Now you've got, um, we've got three different types to try. So you've got little, I want to say you've got little people. Little people? I've got people. Oh no, you can do little people. Or cats. Which one would you like to do first? koala bears. Koala bears. So koala these are called chewums. Am I going to regret this? These are not edibles. You are not going to regret this. These are these are chewums koalas, gummy koalas. What colour did mm. you go? I went red. Okay. So these are very nice. Okay, they're quite Yeah, they're um mm. Yeah, they're quite tasty. They're quite they're quite ju- they're quite juicy, aren't they? Mm. 
Very nice. It says on the packet, which you haven't got. No, because mine came through the post, <laughs> how that happened, and we didn't end up with some sniffer dog roaming around the house. I don't know. Alan's Lollies, long-lasting chew. Chewham's gummy koalas. Yeah, Daryl the Daryl in Keep Fit's not going to be overly happy about this because there's a lot of <laughs> calories written on the bottom. <laughs> um, they have no artificial colours or flavours, and I would say they were delicious. I would say the problem with them is for an auction suite, long-lasting chew. Long-lasting. We haven't got time. We haven't got time for a long-lasting chew. That's a bit of an issue. But they do taste Chewham's gummy koalas. Oh my life! Oh my word! They are proper long. Have chew. you tr- that's Have you a tried long the chew? little man. Hang on. Right. There's, uh, there's a little, there's a little fat man. Well, he's naked as well. Right. Why there's a little man, little man who's holding his tummy. He is. And he doesn't seem to be wearing any clothes. He is naked. And these are called Cheekies. And these are also by Alan's Lollies. Aren't they just? And they've got Australian made. You ready? You've had one. Ah. No. <laughs> no, no. I mean, oh, my God. That, is that chocolate? Oh, totally. That's not chocolate, is it? No, it's chocolate jeans. Can I just can I just interject here and say we are hugely grateful to our Australian friends, and I do not want to sound ungrateful in any way. But what in God's name are they? What flavour is that? I can't. Hang on. Sorry. <laughs> hang on. I got it. They're not ideal for a podcast listener. Can't be a choice. Oh. Right. Ready. Okay. Chewy Choc flavoured jelly babies. And I'm terribly sorry, Maynards, you've got nothing to worry about. Cheekies are not doing it. Oh, <coughs> I mean, first of all, it's a it's a fat, dodgy looking naked man holding his belly. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, I yeah, can assure not, you there is. When they say chocolate flavoured, <laughs> when they say chocolate flavoured, that's not real chocolate though. Right, you ready? Oh. Next one is a little black cat. Oh, and they are called, the Australians are like us with our auction houses because we've got Windsor auctions and Lime Bay auctions. They've got, these are called black cats. <laughs> black cats, yeah. There was a huge meeting. They sat around a table and we were, they, we've got this little suite. It's black. It looks like a cat. What should we call it? Eight hours later, they came up with black cats. Here we go. Ready? Here's the, bl- here's the blurb on the back. Black cats by Alan's Lollies. Oh, God. Oh, no. Hang on. Oh. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> Chewham's Gummy Koalas, Alan's, you've nailed it. Nailed Alan's it. Alan's Black Cats, nailed it. What in the Alan's is- Black Cats and Cheekies, not so sure. Create smiles with deliciously intent, and I'll go with the word intent. You could underline that. Stroll on. Alan's Black Cats, mouth-watering, aniseed-flavoured jellies. Squish it between your fingers, stretch it, bite the top off, or just enjoy it in one delightful bite. I mean, the fact that they have to teach you how to eat them will tell you something about the sweets. I've had to go back Ooh. to a mouthful of koalas. And that's not something <laughs> you hear every day. <laughs> I've got a mouthful of koalas take- to wash the taste away. <laughs> I've taken the edge off my black cat with a load of koalas. Please help me. With a mouthful <laughs> of gummy koalas, which are delicious. Oh, but those, the cats, how ungrateful are we? We're not ungrateful. They tra- they travelled, these trees. <laughs> oh, oh dear. No, right, oh. okay, koalas, not an issue. They're, they would go for it on the auction, sweeties. Apart Love from them. the long chew, yeah. they're good to go. Black cats, cheekies. Whew. I mean... no. I'm not so sure the Australians do like us anymore. 
Lizzie, have you got a best auction find? There have been so many, but there's one that sticks out in my mind. A couple of years ago, a lady phoned up to say she was going to bring some suffragette items along to one of the valuation days. Okay, great. We've seen, a, you know, see suffragette items going through the sales. Um, but what she bought me was a huge collection from postcards uh, to um, badges, pin badges, to the sashes um, from three sisters who were all suffragettes and they were her great, great aunts. Um, but it was this amazing collection, handwritten letters, um, arranging secret meetings, everything you could want from a collection. It was there. Oh, wow. It was amazing. So had to do a bit of homework. Obviously, couldn't give a valuation on the spot. Um, so, you know, we're thinking, yeah, a couple of thousand maybe. And got there on the rostrum and the phone lines were all there. The internet bidders were there. And, and you were on I was the on the rostrum selling it. Brilliant. And yeah. uh, we got up to £16,000 for this suffragette collection. I start crying because wow. apparently that's what I do when I get on the rostrum. <laughs> I get a bit emotional, particularly with, um, you know, the suffragettes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I think I think showing you're emotionally invested is, pr- is pretty cool. Yeah, so there are a few tears. Um it was brilliant and obviously the vendors were delighted but it went to a museum which is the most important thing fantastic yeah. nice yeah and it's fact that stories like that just warm your heart don't they because they're you know we now know that they will be protected looked after researched and you know the world will see them forevermore and it's that's just a great great rescue service we provide as well as the commission (laughs) but then on the other uh, end of the spectrum i sold a piece of toast a a piece of toast hello (laughs) at a proper auction not a not a charity auction a A piece of toast charles and diana's wedding breakfast it was it it was literally a come on izzy you strike me as a nice person (laughs) you're setting yourself up for a whole heap of trouble here so that went off to america hang on i'm just just, i'm just putting the toaster on give me a second (laughs) how much did you get for said slice of toast sorry and how did they prove what was the what there was some provenance of the family member worked for the palace and they acquired it legitimately (laughs) On the day. Hang on a minute. Hang on a is second. He? Is he? Is what he? is going on? Well, I, I, the location of our auction house is Windsor Auctions. We may or may not, it, we can't comment, work for various institutions in that town. I'm pretty sure that there's no toast that can be... Uh, Should we outrageous. move on? Quite... <laughs> no, no. Hang on. Before we no, move no. on, before we no, move no. on, Izzy. No, no, no. Before we move on, Izzy, I'm going to protect you here, Harry. Yes. Where's our slice of toast from the castle? What have you been doing? I don't what know what's going on. The last 15 years. Apparently, we can sell toast now. Apparently, Get on it. Don't take it the wrong way. Apparently, Izzy and Darby can rustle up some Charles and Diana or whatever it is. <laughs> but toast. you, I can't get any, and I'm five feet away from the place. <laughs> Well, if we're talking about radio and TV, good stories on the radio. Um, I always put my foot in it by just saying the wrong thing. Uh, we had a outfit. It was Queen Victoria's, well, one of her morning outfits. Went around to this lady's house. She had some textiles costume in a trunk. 
and she said, I think this is Queen Victoria's. And you hold it up and you see how small it is and how wide it is. Uh, yeah. And then uh, obviously it had the royal cipher on it, etc. And there was some provenance from a family member, again, working a long time ago in the palace or what Are have you. Are sure you're not based down by us? This is outrageous. <laughs> Carry on, sorry. Sure. Have you just been burgling castles? Is that what's yeah, going on? I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> so then the local radio station came in to do uh, an interview about it, have a chat, and I royally put my foot in it. So the, the girl was asking, so what do the uh, ciphers mean? Obviously, VR uh, for get it right, Victoria Regina. I, on live radio, say, VR, Vagina Royale. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, McDonald's are missing a trick, aren't they? Can I just qualify? She did say she'd been asked back for series two of this other show, didn't she? (laughs) Apparently. uh, Are you absolutely certain they emailed you that? Did you read that email correctly? Well, luckily, that's not live and you can cut all of this out. (laughs) (laughs) And that went live out on the radio, right? Oh, Oh, brilliant. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. All friends and colleagues listening, just like, great job, (laughs) is. Oh, dear. You've got to have a laugh, though, haven't you? Otherwise, Haven't you, just? Not necessarily on live radio. Podcast safer. We can edit it out. Give everyone a laugh back home, so... So going back to the gemologist, going back to that, tell us about some of the, the you know, the best jewellery that you've come across and some of the sort of holy grails um, of the jewellery world that, quite frankly, we should be looking out for or indeed learning about. Yeah, so obviously diamonds are a girl's best friend and we had a humongous one uh, with a really good colour and the best clarity you could get. Um, so we're all ogling over that, um, that made £100,000 um, a few years ago for that one wow. for basically a bit of carbon. Um, but <laughs> a bit of coal. A bit of coal. <laughs> it's just clear coal. <laughs> a bit of crushed coal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my love is morning jewellery, Georgian, right. Victorian, sentimental, memorial morning jewellery. So we had a wonderful collection um, again, a few years ago, just before lockdown, come, came in from an avid collector and we had um, 18th century rings you know, inscribed with the love of their life on it. Um, what I love is the, the morning rings or the memento mori that have the skeletons um, going around them in the enamel. We weirdly just sold one. Yeah. Yeah, I love we really, those. We weirdly just sold one. A couple of, couple of, was it a couple of weeks or a couple of months mm-hmm. ago, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So collectible as well. Um, but then just, you know, so much jewellery to talk about. Ge- Coloured gemstones um, are really fashionable at the moment. Emeralds always sell well. Opals have always been a bit, oh, are they unlucky? But no, they're mm. amazing. And uh, their qualities shine through because they're really doing well at auction at the moment. Fantastic. Yeah. Fa- so come on then, help me out. How do I tell the difference between a ruby and a garnet? Oh, okay. So you need a bit of equipment to do that. Yeah. I knew you were going to say with, that. With the naked eye, garnets are a bit where well, you get different garnets, you see. Yeah. You don't just get your, your red garnets. Have you noticed that Simon's a big fan of the very quick fix? 
<laughs> it's red. Is it a ruby? Is it a garnet? Yeah. That what is he? Yeah. Why can't he just do that for him? That's what he's after. <laughs> That's what I'm after. Yeah. <laughs> is it definitely an emerald? That's what. Mm. Eighteen months of training and hard work, Simon. That's what we're yeah, talking I about. Want, Plus I... nearly twenty years of handling. Let's not forget that. I'm glad you right. popped that in there, Izzy. Thanks. What I what I want, Izzy, is if you tap it on your tooth and it rings, something like that. That's where yeah. I'm going with this. I, I don't mean to dumb down your profession in any way, shape or form, but that's what I'm looking for here. Rubies and garnets. Garnets tend to be darker. Rubies, oh, they don't. Oh, it's a minefield. <laughs> Got to look into the inclusion. Don't fall for it, Izzy. <laughs> don't let him off the hook. I thought, and do you know what? I was hoping you were going to say, do you know what you do? You ring me for some consultative advice. There we go. I'll use that one next time. <laughs> <laughs> and have you got any sort of tips for people who want to start out buying and selling, you know, jewellery, gemstones? Where's a good place to start? What's a good thing that you're not going to get your fingers burnt, but, you know, there's a there's maybe a markup? or an area of jewellery to, to look at? What, what, what are your thoughts? There are so many affordable uh, types of jewellery out there. Your vintage costume jewellery. If you're just starting out, I would you know probably advise starting there. Your named brands, you can get Dior, Christian Dior, Chanel, or the 1950s costume jewellery. Really affordable, um, but really collectible and saleable if you're going online with it. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And That's your personal—that is a good tip. And your personal favourites, obviously diamonds, right? Yeah, obviously like diamonds, but I'm—I love rubies uh, and emeralds, um, sapphires. I like the classic gemstones, really, um, especially from the Deco era. I'm a real Art Deco jewellery lover. That stuff really stands out, doesn't it, in a sale as well? It's a good hobby to have taken up, isn't it? Expensive diamond jewellery and, and, and all that art deco jewellery. That's your great, personal isn't collection. It? You're just able to handle it all, but then move it on. And you just keep seeing so much more on a daily basis, but you don't have to invest in it yourself. And so much better than, I don't know, a triple wardrobe. Yes which is going to make next to nothing and take four of us to move and deliver and or when you've got a beautiful little... <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy that I can get all of these lots into the palm of my hand. But it does tie in with some things that you and I are going to be auctioneering in a week or two's time because we have some of the items from the set, we believe, of the soon-to-be-released or forthcoming Great Expectations. Oh, right. Or it could have been another production, but we think it was that. And there, or it could be the old, was it the old Curiosity Shop? Something that was coming out in any case. Great Expectations, we think it is. And, um, yeah, so they're coming up. And this is something that we are seeing a lot of. The UK, I think, is seeing a boom, and I correct me if I'm wrong, somebody will let us know, but in production of movies and TV shows and all this, I think it's been long running. But in the area we operate in, yeah. you've got Netflix and Amazon have opened and refurbishing and bought big studios. And they seem to be churning out stuff. So there's this huge influx of prop buyers who are mm. now picking stuff up and buying at auction and all the rest mm. of it because they've got to have access to this library. I suppose that's one way of putting it of things from all sorts of periods. Yeah. So that we're seeing that. So I imagine that's where 
your printing yes. presses are going to uh, end up because you know similarly to the, these things um it's fascinating isn't it because i imagine somebody's going to go hang on a minute we're doing a victorian drama and there's a massive scene setting wouldn't it be cool if that scene was you know we could actually have the yes, printing yeah. presses chunking along in the background or looking yeah. like they're working all the rest of it we don't have to yeah. mickey these up we've actually got them simon's the got real them. things yeah yeah the real things and it's interesting you're right because we had um a little last year at some point we cleared a property deceased estate um now normally like yourself clothes we donate to charities and clothes banks and all the rest of it but i actually had a look at this gentleman's wardrobe a very fine gentleman's wardrobe it was too with some savile row tailored suits and some um very high quality footwear shoes brogues and all the rest. and i thought you know what this is this is not right to send this to a Let's let's try it online. And that was probably a customer of yours up in Windsor that bought the whole rail of clothes, paid good money for it. And they were exactly as you say, they were going straight into and being catalogued into a library, a storage unit for up and coming productions because they were particularly fine suits. They were Savile Row. They were uh, very well made. There were trilbies and, you know, all all the garb, and they were fiercely uh, com- uh, competed for uh, at the auction and did really well for the estate. So it's good sharing this sort of information because these are the things we've got to be looking out for that our clients need when we do house clearances. You can't just say, well, all the clothes go to Charity X because actually they could be worth something. Exactly. And also it's interesting because we've been chatting because we, because of the podcast, I've been chatting to an awful lot of auctioneers recently, uh, booking forthcoming appearances and that sort of stuff. Um, and we've got some really fascinating people coming up, but they are saying that the industry is evolving quite quickly at the moment. And you need to find, you know, top, top, top end antiques. When you read the ATG, you'll see that they're hotly contested. Yeah, absolutely. But other things, other items and keeping the industry green and with the volume of houses that we're clearing and that sort of stuff at the moment. And we're just one small, tiny cog in the industry. We've got to find solutions for all this stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's got to be. And prop buyers and, you know, upcyclers and recyclers, they are the, they are the way forward. We have both been dodging this bullet for a little while. What are you on about? It's a taste test. I can hear somebody in the background if they would uh, be chatting away. So they're bringing something in for you. Your sister has worried, along with all the people at Keep Fit. They're not. They're not. They're faffing about in the office. <laughs> well, they're worried that you haven't done the uh, one chip challenge. What? So we not talked done about what? it. It was a social. It was a social media phenomena last year. You haven't done the one chip challenge and therefore they've organized it today. I've had to buy this thing, ship it to you. I've had to ship it to your wife and now she's got it. And I think that's why you've got milk. Who is involved in this? I want names, numbers, your sister, everybody at your gym. The people of Branscombe are really up for it. Sorry, why are the why why are people in my office in hazmat suits? <laughs> Why are you putting on gloves? What is it? No. Right. Right. Here we go. So if they'd like to give you the item, ask for the item, Simon, because they can't hear me. Can I have the item, please? Whatever it is. <laughs> Not the gloves. I don't want the gloves. You might need them. No, just give me the item, whatever that is. 
What is this? Right, now, all you're going to do, Simon, open it up and you're going to pop that in your mouth or take a big bite. Got it? Here we go. This is especially for Claire, her team. Right. And uh, everybody at uh, Simon's gym. Take a big bite. Look nicely into the camera. Delicious. So for those of you for those of you who can't see it, it's delicious. Absolutely delicious. He's chomping away. Ooh. You've just got to finish the whole thing. It's getting, it's getting warm. You've just got to finish the whole chip. Oh god! Oh god! Oh my god! <laughs> keep eating. Keep oh. eating. Simon, keep oh, eating. Oh mother of god! <laughs> Don't put your hands oh. in your eyes. <laughs> ah! Simon, <laughs> Simon, you've got to keep eating. Ah, Look at the camera. God damn it! <laughs> Shush. What is wrong with you people? Oh. Keep eating. Oh, it keep hurts. Eating. It hurts. <laughs> no. Look at the. <laughs> no. <laughs> For those who can't. <laughs> no. no, not a chance. Ow, ow, ow. Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the milk's out. There's there's a pint Why of milk going on there. Why would anyone do that to another human being? Ah. Eyes are streaming. Milk oh. is being poured everywhere. Oh. And he's doing his level best not to swear, which is very good of him. Oh. <laughs> oh. I obviously am enjoying every moment of this, what? and Simon can't talk oh. now. I'm genuinely in pain. <laughs> are you crying? Oh. Simon, are you crying? Oh. <laughs> yes. A lot. My tongue's on fire. Uh, but yeah, Simon, doing the one chip challenge for everybody at... Uh, what is wrong with in you? In Branscombe. He's very sorry. He's very sorry what he said about them. And uh, Claire, and he's looking forward to keep fit later on today. <laughs> You still there, mate? Oh! Simon? Simon, Simon, talk to me. Simon, hello? <laughs> Unless I bathe my tongue in milk, everything hurts. <laughs> there we I go, everybody. <laughs> He's about... <laughs> Are you insane? He's about nine points <laughs> in milk <laughs> Right, well, I think we'll leave it there because that's a bit of five minutes worth of podcast. So that was uh, our greatest hits uh, episode. Thank you so much for listening. It really is appreciated. Do like, subscribe, review, tell your friends. We are trying to spread the word about the antiques industry and all its associated uh, facets, not just our own auction houses. We are advocating the industry as a whole in these peculiar times. Uh, there are a lot of people working very hard, not just to make a living, but also, as you've heard in previous episodes, to save things from going to landfill and to uh, just improve and save items that otherwise would end up either in landfill, being destroyed. So, yeah, do uh, listen to us, tell your friends about us. And also you can um, get in touch via our socials and let us know who you'd like us to interview. We've got some interviews in the bag coming up, but who would you like us to uh, interview? Ping us uh, on our socials, Instagram, Facebook, etc. The Gavel and the Gavel were easy to find. 
uh, and we look forward to hearing from you. Take care, everybody.